right, guys. Uh, so welcome to MaydayCon 2020. Thanks for everybody that's been tuning in or, or just now tuning in. But um, I am David Walters, your moderator, and this is our third panel of seven today. So we're getting close to the halfway point. Uh, but just a quick note, uh, again, since this is live, feel free to submit any questions or comments, and uh, we'll see if we have some time to answer some questions. Uh, but instead of me rambling here, since you've already heard me do this a couple of times, uh, we're going to have everybody introduce themselves. So we'll go across. So we'll start with Jonathan and go down to, to Mr. French last. So Mr. Wood. All right. Sorry. There's two. There's two. two Jonathan. <laughs> we'll say we'll, say, we'll call you Wood and we'll call him French. Okay. That's <laughs> uh, like high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jonathan Wood. Um, I wrote four books under that name, um, urban fantasy books, uh, starting with No Hero and uh, more recently wrote the Dragon Lord series which under the name John Hollins, which is the parenthetical. Um, and yeah, it's consistently about just idiots making bad choices is, is really the theme of, uh, of, the, of the, uh, the books. Sounds about right. Fletcher. Uh, hi, my name is Dirk Ashton. Uh, I am the author of the <laughs> Paternus books here. The uh, next one's coming out soon. It's a monster. It probably actually should have been two books. It's so fucking long, but you know, <laughs> just a glutton for this uh punishment kind of stuff so uh that's it i'm located somewhere in the states and uh, i'm a semi-famous actor um and that's about it that's me oh god <laughs> it's gonna be a long panel <laughs> all right mr fletcher <laughs> i did write all of his books anyway so i might as well claim that but uh I also go by Dirk Ashton, and I wrote the uh, Paternus Trilogy. Uh, I'm Josiah Bancroft, and I wrote the Books of Babel. I'm Jonathan French. I, uh, I wrote uh, a self-published series called The Autumn's Fall Saga, which hasn't been finished yet. Uh, I wrote and self-published The Grey Bastards, and then that then became like a Penguin Random House book and was my transition book. So I'm most well known for the Grey Bastards books, but I have a foot in both camps. So I guess that's why I'm on the panel. What's up? You've got a nice bird friend out there too. Hey, is that annoying? I can put my headphones in. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, just add, it's just adding to the to the. I'm just going to pretend it's lecture. That's all I'm going to hear when he talks anyway. I'm actually homeless. So that's why. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. So, um, <laughs> I got to get my thoughts together now. Um, so since we're doing a panel, which is, uh, you know, it hasn't been deemed, you know, beaten to death enough. Uh, we're doing the traditional versus self pub panel, you know, because, um, but, uh, all of you, except for Mr. Wood, sorry about that. Uh, have either gone through the indie publishing route, uh, continue to go through it or have attempted or have tempted the traditional route and come back. So let's get an easy question out of the way. What are some advantages of going indie rather than traditional and vice versa? And no particular order to answer this. You can all answer it once if you want to. Ready, go. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll take the first swing of this because uh, I have no experience with that. Um, so, I mean, no, I, I did actually, I self-pubbed one of my books for about a month at one point in my career. But um, uh, there's a very long story with the deal falling through with the previous publisher and me having a book ready. Um, but that's, I mean, 
so traditional public figure for me the 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 main advantages are i'm awful at self-promotion i can't promote myself for toffee I'm trying to keep it clean um <laughs> you don't have to worry about that it's it's already gone yeah. downhill <laughs> <laughs> on the earlier one i don't know why but yeah so i'm oh, a horrifying self-promoter so having a company which is there literally to promote my book for me and like get it in a bookstore which is like a massive piece of advertising is incredibly helpful um and also like the self-promotion is incredibly time consuming um like the, the the again my minimal experience like it's like there's so much beyond just the writing of the book so that was that was um again it's just something i don't have a, the skill or time for so um so they, those that's the some of the big pros for for traditional publishing for me so now everyone can just beat on that for like the next hour so <laughs> i mean marketing is hard i don't i don't care which side you're on and you're either really good at it or you're not um i think that it's tough for most authors to be good at beating the drum those that do are, are fortunate um my quick answer to the benefits of either one it really depends on the individual i mean there are broad strokes that we can talk about like super broad strokes that say, oh, well, it's easier to get foreign language deals with a traditional publisher than it is a self-publisher. But the minute you say that, somebody goes out and does it, right? A self-pub goes out and nets like all of Europe and gets 17 languages. So it's changing every day. So the thing is, is that if I say right now on this panel, moving into traditional from self, the advantage was dot, dot, dot. You have to, the operative term there is for me, the advantage for me because of, of what I brought to the table or didn't bring to the table. So I get, I lose some, I lose patience with people on both sides of the fence who trumpet and beat the war drum way too hard for one side. Oh, well, self-publishing has all these advantages. Oh, traditional has all these advantages. That's where I go, yeah, but who are you? There's so many options now that it's what's what works for you. And frankly, I think my biggest bias is if you can do both and just learn both sides and get that kind of broad experience, you're better off across the board, no matter where you end up hanging your hat and where you find your critical mass of readers, because that's really the important part. Yeah, I think uh, what people uh, ignore is that both are actually terrible. It's always like, oh, on this side, that side. It's like, no, they're both, they're fucking awful. They're both terrible, right? So, you know, uh, traditional publishing, you're like, yes, I've got a huge company to promote my book, except they're not going to. And in self-publishing, you're like, yes, I'm in control of everything. I get the artist is like, yeah, but you're out of pocket for all of that stuff. And you have to promote it yourself. That's terrible, too. So maybe we should discuss uh, which one's worse. Which side <laughs> is worse? Like, what's more painful? But uh, anyway, so that's a, for that. That is my, my, my two and a half well, cents. I, what, I, what I like about like, like self-publishing is like you have boundless opportunity to disappoint yourself. You know, but if you're going with... <laughs> Traditional publishing, then like there's all these other people you can be disappointed with. I like to like focus that that self-loathing right here, take it all on my head. So I, yeah, I I, I find in all, all aspects of life you can disappoint people. It's not just <laughs> it's really quite a broad spectrum. You've been talking people. to my mother? What <laughs> right. I mean you're you, you got into writing when they meet you at cons, they're like, You're an idiot. I thought you were cool. You can do Yeah, you're right. You can disappoint people on. But you're so you're so cool online. Why are you so you know, like weird you, and awkward in person? Why are you so short. 
You know, I haven't I haven't had that happen yet. I, I, I've been to a few uh, signings and readings, and uh, I haven't had the opportunity to go, you're not even close to who I thought you were online. Uh, I can imagine well, I, I this. Have, I have an intern do all my tweeting. Like, my, I don't do my uh, own tweets. No, I've, I've farmed that out to my two-year-old, and she's doing a terrible job. Just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't fire her. She won't leave. So she's <laughs> I have, I have to say your uh, your your promo video you did for for Tower was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I had a lot of fun with that, and Maddie did too. That was uh, yeah. She got paid a lot, mostly in cookies. <laughs> yeah, mostly, mostly cookies and little snacks. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, since we kind of answered my question, I guess uh, I was going to say what are the disadvantages next, but they kind of got answered as well. <laughs> Um, okay, Fletcher, I want you to, I want you to kind of, uh, expand on your answers since you gave me two and a half sentences. Uh, I guess why, what are, what are the, I guess the, the disadvantages? Like why, why do you, why would you say that they're both bad? Why? Well, cause they're terrible. Okay. So, um, and no, I joke, but, um, when you, when you sign, with a with a major and i i kind of went you know some of you guys started uh indian went to majors i i started like my first real book was was with harper voyager um so i started you know with a with a you know a, a deal there and i was like fuck yeah i'm gonna be a famous author you know and basically started like planning my next uh you know how i was gonna spend my next several advances uh which of course you know, totally didn't work uh, as beyond redemption which was that book basically crazy people liked it same people didn't like it so it flopped right uh yeah dirt. crazy person <laughs> um and there's just there's a total lack of control there uh i've had two books with um uh with traditional publishers um you don't get to pick the art um now it it differs for some people you know like some some companies some editors you know, sometimes you get more or less uh, say in what's going on. But like uh, on the book I had with Skyhorse, like they changed the title, no say in the art, you know, and the book came out and I was just like, ah, fuck, <laughs> you know, and what do you do? Like I love- As, as we book. probably do, we, we spend that, <laughs> I guess, my yeah. own work. Yeah, um, so it's, there's, there can be a lack of control. You sign everything away, like with Beyond Redemption, uh i signed away audio rights there still is no audiobook uh you know there's never going to be an audiobook that's um right. i've requested a reversion of rights it's not happening they don't really have any reason to give them back to me right um whereas the self-publishing stuff uh if if i want an audiobook i either have to do it myself which takes a lot of time uh, or i've got to find a narrator and get them to do it and split stuff or pay them outright, art costs money, editing costs money. Uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, you said it best, like I can, if it flops, I have no one to blame, but Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> I will take that blame. <laughs> I wrote your book. It would be your fault. I really don't have a choice. <laughs> there was, um, and Nick Mamatas put a, uh, he had a series of tweets about what sucks about variety of publishing. But one thing he said about traditional publishing, which which rang very true to me, 
is that 99% of traditionally published books are essentially designed to go into Barnes & Noble to act as wallpaper to sell the 1% of the bestsellers that are there. And that, I mean, that's that's the truth of like a lot that's of the saddest things. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I know a lot. I know, I know, I know it's true. Table. Have you not realized that? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I mean, I, I can I can I, see I, that I, holding I, true I though. I mean, that makes sense. I think the war has died down. The war between trad. I mean, you used to see those long threads, especially on Reddit fantasy and on Twitter, um, that would go. You know, people would just be trashing, you know, indies, and then and then an indie would actually post their income for a couple of years, and they'd say, "Oh, you're lying," uh, on the trad side, and um, and the indie people would just trash the trads, you know, saying you're all sheep and just dumb shit. But I think that's I think a lot of that's died down, um, and I thought it, I think a lot of that has to do with conversations that a lot of us have had on social media. Um, not that we're, we just have engaged in it, just been part of it. Um, and, uh, you know, I looked, I looked very, I've only independent published. Um, but um, I did a lot of research and I tell people, do your research on what you have to do and learn everything you can about both sides and put a column down um, of what needs to be done. And then mark the ones that you think you would enjoy or be good at. And then mark the ones that you know you would hate and not be good at, right? And just see how these things line up. Um, because independent publishing is not for everyone, just like starting up your own little your own company is not for everyone. Some people want to go to work and work and come home. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some people want to take on the absolute hell of running every aspect of a small business. And that's what that's what um, indie publishing is. The, um, I mean, the percentage of any book that goes out, indie or trad, that hits, right, and becomes big is tiny, tiny. I mean, you win the lottery just to get an agent. Then you win the even bigger lottery to get a deal with a trad publisher. Um, and then after that, if your book makes money and does well, I mean, I know a ton of people who get a lot of accolades. Everyone knows who they are on social media, all these people, but the whale reads readers on Amazon are not reading their books, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, we know, we all know of trad pubs who have five, eight, 10 books out and still have jobs. Um, but I also know hundreds of independent <laughs> who do the same thing. The real reason that that number is higher is anyone can do it. That's a big reason, but the, um, uh, there are a lot more. The competition is fiercer on the indie side because there are so many more indie books coming out. It really just comes down to what you want to do and what you don't. Speaking of things that I absolutely hate is tweaking and testing Facebook and AMS ads. I absolutely despise that crap, but I have to do it. Do, um, do you still do it? Actually, I'm curious. Like I, uh, about six months ago, I was like, you know what? I fucking hate Amazon ads. Yeah. I hate advertising. I hate having to look at that shit great. all the time. I they just stopped. Great. 
and my sales went up. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I stopped mine too. I actually stopped mine about six months ago, right when they were stopped working, right? They just stopped working. Yeah. Um, they're now they'll still work, but you have to spend more and tweak and futz around with them uh, a lot that. more. And I decided and was advised to just leave it alone until I get all three books out. Because then spending a dollar a bid, you know, bidding a dollar a click makes more sense when you've got a longer series. Um, so I'm going to get back into it once book three comes out. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, start it up again. But, you know, there are a lot of folks just, I mean, have no interest in, in that at all. And there are plenty of, of folks, of authors that we'll never talk to who are trad pub authors who do fine. They do really well. Mid-listers, upper to mid-listers who do great, you know, and a lot of people don't know who they are. Um, but there are also the indies, and we know a few of them, who you don't see much of on it, on social media. You don't see them, the bloggers, talking about their books that much. And these guys are making a couple hundred grand a year or more. Um, there's, uh, I mean, the the big thing about indie is that you keep a lot more of the money, but you still got to get them out there and make the money. I mean, you keep a lot more of the money. Um, I made more on my first book than I would have gotten, far more than I would have ever gotten for an advance for the entire trilogy if I went trad on it. Now I'm still working and I'm, you know, it's nowhere near covering my living costs, but um, the more books, but I, but I'm one of those people who puts a book out every two years. Whereas the folks that are doing really well, most of them, there are a few Jonathan Renshaw um, being one who most people haven't heard of in the, in the greater circle um, have done extremely well with one book, but uh uh, a lot of the indies, they crank them out two to four to five to six to 10 books a year. And uh, I'll never be able to write like that. But that's, I've, I've made my peace with that. So, <laughs> Well, and, and writing fast, I don't think is in either realm is not a bad, bad thing. I mean, you're, 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 you're served well if you're a quick writer, which I'm not. Dirk, you're not. Um, just I am. <laughs> so, you know, like you're served well if whether you're trad or pup self to, to write quickly in today's market, because unfortunately, like a lot of things, the exception kind of becomes the rule. Every fantasy fan who's griping and moaning and waving that flag of I don't start a fantasy series until it's done. Mm -hmm. You're basing that on what? Rothfuss and Martin and kind of Jordan. But everyone else is pretty much putting them out at a at a. At a Normal rate, right? And and I and I love some of those guys I just mentioned. Don't get me wrong; I'm not raking them over the coals, but it because they're so famous. Their exception to writing 10, 10, 7, 8, 10 years between books has become this weird like banner that doesn't I don't think really exists. The thing about you know when I was self publishing was as soon as I felt good about the book, I could hit publish and it was out. Now it's like my publisher wants seven to nine months lead to do all of their machine stuff. PR, publisher weekly, try to get the New York Times to look at it, get all the trades, you know, <laughs> journal, all that stuff. And I think, I mean, I, I can speak for myself and like, 
just like Dirk was talking about how no, like the broader readers don't know a lot of these self-published authors' names. But that's what's kind of weird is that you get this strange name recognition with traditional um, because you get written up in things like Library Journal and Publishers Weekly. And and I got I got uh, Wall Street Journal didn't get New York Times, you know, got the London Guardian didn't get several others. And it's weird because suddenly people start to know who you are, but you're not at you're probably not making the money they think you're making. So it's this odd thing of like, Never. it's this, and it can't, and when you're talking about these mid lists or struggling authors, it's an, it's a weird thing because suddenly you're thrust into this spotlight and all these people want your advice and they, they're like following you more and they're doing this and the other, but you don't really feel all that different. And there isn't a ton of, of payout necessarily um, because of the way the royalty structure is set up in traditional, as opposed to, you know, getting paid every three months uh, over an Amazon structure when you're self-published. And it is a weird thing, but we do tend to, glom on to the the big exceptions like the success stories in both corners right it's like i'm gonna prove my point in self-publishing by holding up this guy and i'm gonna prove my point in 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 traditional publishing by holding up these big names and it's like look most of us are screaming into a hurricane trying to no matter which side we're on trying to find our readers and get them to pay attention dirk and i were at dragon con a couple of years ago and we were uh at a, went to a dinner and if any of you guys have ever been to big cons, like you know that the restaurants around the hotels jack the prices up. So we all met. What Dirk were there? Thirty of us. How many people were at that table? I mean, uh, probably twenty, I would guess. Well, it was two sides. It was a long table on two sides. Oh, the one that just last year. Yeah, and, and I, I, yeah, I won't mention his name. Thirty of us at that one. Yeah, it was thirty. I think it was thirty of us. Well, of yeah. course, you get to the point where you're trying to settle up, and and the waitress is like totally frazzled because. <laughs> right. To figure out how to do what and who had what and who shared this and next thing you know we look up and the waitress the bill was covered and i'm not going to say who did it because that's a little gauche but dirk knew him and i didn't know him he was so far down the table <laughs> so far down the table i hadn't even talked to him so and this guy had paid for my meal and ghosted like bon jovi like he just <laughs> didn't tell anyone and just aced it was a rock star move dirk's like yeah that's blank he's good he makes tons and he goes, no one but his readers know his name, but he's making more than I am. And I've been written up in all these trade maps and been like lauded as like, oh, a fantasy masterwork and all this crap. So it's a weird, odd thing, right? That's why finding the truth of it is next to impossible because it, it there's so many exceptions, it's not even funny. Yeah. So that's why it sucks, if you were asking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to come full circle. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I don't – a lot of the books that I read since I am a book blogger, oh, you know, spoiler alert, um, is is I base it just on – You read books? I know, right? Who would have thought? I found out you can make money um, doing this. I know. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't, I don't base what I read on all of these big, you know, Reposters Weekly, Kirkus Reviews, New York Times, whatever – if it sounds interesting, I'll give it a go. And if I enjoy it, I talk about it. And that's that's what this whole book community deal does. And I feel like a lot of indie publishers try to break into that. And it's unfortunate that a lot don't because sometimes when you get into the whole you know, book blogging and you get in with publishers and stuff, that really takes everything. And you've got indie like way, you know, way down below. Um, and that's kind of where I guess, you know, your, your spiff boat comes in, at least for some people is that it gives that opportunity for maybe those, <laughs> um, 
And uh, Jonathan came up with that. <laughs> but you know, it, it allows it allows those fantasy novels that you know aren't getting maybe the recognition they deserve, and they're constantly being pushed out and pushed out and pushed out into people's you know faces. And so you're seeing covers, and you're hearing about them, and you're seeing that these books are making it to these tiers of the uh, of the entire competition. And I think that's helping a little bit with the ones that maybe can't get out of the weeds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I think that what you're, you're, you're sort of like hitting upon is the fact that a lot of both trad and cell publishers, uh, you know, authors really depend upon the community of readers at this point, more yeah. so than the publisher and their marketing team and their Twitter account, more so than, you know, ads. The thing that sells books are, are readers uh, speaking passionately about their experience of the book. I mean, that's, yep. that's, that's what helped my books move from the bin to the shelf were people who just liked it and talked about it with each other. Yeah. Um, and so that's something oh, that happened that's, to be Mark Lawrence. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, absolutely. But you know, I, I, it's one of those things where I think that um, when, when you get a trad deal, you think they're going to move the books. And the truth is, no, it's the readers are still going to move the books. Unless they pick you and just put their shoulder behind you and throw like $50,000 into the marketing account for you, which is not common, you're going to still sink or swim based off of uh, readers and their reviews more so, I think than ads more, more that's just like my experience but yeah i think more so than anything else yeah and and i'm i'm kind of surprised i mean i get you know blurbs by like authors that are well known you know your your martins your Corey's the, the for the expanse and stuff like that um but you know in the community itself you know we see uh reviews all the time from you know novel notions where, where patrick leo which he I kind of bow down to him as a reviewer right now because I mean we started on Bookness together and he's just like exploded, <laughs> and uh, I've kind of still kind of stayed down here. But um, you know we see those types, and then you know you've got your Daniel B. Greens who do the U does the YouTube stuff, you know BookTube, where he gets authors to come on and he gets hundreds of thousands of views on his videos, and that helps sell stuff. Yeah. I just don't feel like you know getting a New York Times thing is going to get a lot of people now there are so many people out there that do buy books based on where it gets reviewed and who says what but i feel like a majority of readers base it on other readers like themselves that say you need to read this book and they go out and read it now sometimes it fails i mean i've recommended several books and uh, maybe one or two people will buy it which i still feel like that's a success but you know i, I don't have as much of a i guess i'm not going to say grip on the book community as others but you know, if you go on Instagram, I mean, there's there are book bloggers everywhere on Instagram and people liking and saying they're going to buy something just because somebody simply post, post a picture of a book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I, I never read the comments, you know, they, <laughs> and I'm looking over here and the latest one is some dude saying that we're all whining. <laughs> there are comments happening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't have looked. <laughs> Josiah is in a different world. <laughs> we are analyzing more than we're analyzing, and and writing can be kind of thankless. And you know, when you're when you're analyzing something, so you, you you're trying to focus on on what you can parse and, and pick apart. And it's hard to talk about the positive sometimes because it can feel like you're bragging or it can feel like uh, you're you're name dropping or whatever. And that that's that's tricky. And also, I mean, you know, Stephen King said that to me. 
recently. Yeah, you see, right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, directly right, to you. <laughs> I think I think the thing to to, to mention is is, and so I'm just going to throw this out here. One of the things that that does happen, um, and I don't I don't know if Josiah or Jonathan or Michael have experienced this, um, but one of the things that has, has happened with me in the transition, and, and this was an advantage, and I'm going to say it was an advantage. Um, th there is this thing that you gain where that weird meritocracy, and I don't like to buy into it, but you do reap the benefits of it, which is, oh, suddenly you're with Penguin Random House, and you get these emails from comic book companies, video game companies, other um, property holders, um, movie directors, all of this stuff. And say, Red loves your book. Um, and you start having to turn stuff down. Like, I, again, I can't really talk about it. I mean, there were franchise fiction stuff that happened, franchises that I play, stuff that, that I have done, um, that, that as a fan, right, games I've played or books, book series I've read, and suddenly these property holders were asking, hey, do you want to write a book for this? And, and there's plenty of us. You, you just had um, uh, Peter McLean on. I think, does, does he pronounce it McLean or McLean? Do we know? I think he said McLean, but I don't okay, know. Usually it. I mean, Peter McLean writes Warhammer novels on top of his own stuff. So things like that start to come your way. You get this, you get this strange sense of like people saying, Hey, like now suddenly you're on their radar. So there is kind of a signal boost that happened with, at least for me with trad that I don't think would have necessarily happened. So yes, readers are the hub of the wheel. Absolutely. If you like to make it critical mass of readers is key, but there are these little fringe benefits. Like in theory, I could have just said, you know what? I kind of just want to transition and just work for hire. And I want to work right for these people instead and just tell me what my assignment is. Give me the deadline and the word count. And I don't even have to tell me the characters and I'll just go. And in some ways that was kind of nice to hear. And it was very gratifying, but I turned it all down because I knew I'm a slow, I know I'm a slow writer and I was already under contract for all this other stuff. And it was just going to get in the way. And so, you know, there are benefits to both sides. Um, one of the ones that I just to dispel the whining myth, and that's one of the ones that that I found is that you do you do gain just just like if you tra transition from one to the other, you also gain if you're a big name author and you decide to go self publish. As Michael's already laid out, you gain a lot of control that you don't normally have. So, anyway, it's not all negative. Yeah. And, and I gotta say, oh sorry, go ahead, John. No, no, you go, man. Right, thanks. Uh, so I started, um, you know, trad. Had I not done that, had I launched straight into self-publishing, I absolutely would have floundered and failed. And I, I doubt I ever would have put out a second book because, you know, my mom would have bought a half dozen copies for her friends and that would have been the sum total of my sales. But even <laughs> your, your trad, mom would have lost some friends. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but even a trad flop, is kind of like a, a huge boost when you go self-publishing afterwards like beyond redemption sold crap all copies in terms of like you know traditional successes um but you know the the sequel which i self-published uh has sold really well and then books since then because i had that behind me um have also been selling well um, like and increasingly well and i'm at the point where like jonathan said like uh warhammer these people are coming to me and going like hey will you write you know write short stories for us write you know novels for us and stuff um and like jonathan i was like eh, i, I turned it down i did some but it's just not fun it's not what i want to do um but i you know I, I wouldn't have had that none of that would have happened without that initial traditional publishing thing 
And that's just me. That's because I'm so bad at self-promotion stuff. But that boost, like, really got me started. Um, and just as a, an aside, it's funny because I'm not really a better writer than I was before, I don't think. Um, you know, I write the same kind of crap I've always written. And, you know, a short story that got rejected by everybody on the planet. Now someone will uh, call and say, hey, will you write it as a short story? And I can barf one out, you know, in a day or two. And it's like, oh, my God, this is so good. It's like, really? <laughs> I, I need to check my like, junk mail. I feel like I'm missing these, these Warhammer emails unless they're going straight to junk. I know I'm getting them, too. Don't worry, guys. I'm, I'm getting the the Warhammer email. <laughs> He's just been scrolling through his emails what? for the past half hour. Would you do it though? Would I do uh, it? Yeah, would I you do know. it? I just well, got I, it yesterday and I've just been asking around. I just got one. Um sorry, you were asking Josiah. I don't know. Well, if I, I, mean, I don't know if I'm gonna do it. I have to think about it more because yeah. I'm so slow. I feel left out, man. Yeah, okay, well, thank you. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. That's me, me and you, man. Just like, no, you, don't, you don't you don't write dark enough stuff. That's the problem. Is it is it appealing? Like just the sound of it? Does it sound like something you do? Me, Warhammer, Jonathan or Josiah, like the ones who, or well, anything. You, you just inter, it could be Magic the Gathering, it could be D and D, it could be I don't know uh, Warcraft. It, 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 it pays money. Yeah. Sounds so appealing. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, so, but yeah. you, but you don't think you don't think like that it would just be a distraction if you're under deadline for like. Ah, I'm almost done. Like when that's done, I'm I'm ready for Warhammer or 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 Peace Fork or whatever. Like I, I, I'll do a part-time Animal night. Animal Crossing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 something lighthearted. He just so gets putting you in touch with some folks, I guess. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. I, I I don't I don't know anything about War Stammer, but I'm sure I could figure it out. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, <laughs> that's probably part of the problem. Yeah. They send they send you like a stack of stuff. Oh, you, 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 you get to read things? No, I'm out. Sorry. No, <laughs> no you don't actually have to read it. You just sort of skim it for your little interesting bit. Go like, oh, that part's cool. Just focus on that little thing. Don't don't read the rest of it. It's taking looking way okay. too long. I I just wanted to hop back to the whining thing for just for a moment because I think whenever you talk about money and writing, unless again you're one of the one, like I think it does become it's very easy for it to become whining. And I when I my first book came out like I was like sweet I'll get to like quit my day job and be a full-time writer and then like you know reality sets in pretty fast but I, I mean the thing I'm still learning but like the rewards for me I've, I've sort of I mean I have those moments when like when I whine on a YouTube video and everyone sees me but like <laughs> but like the rewards are not just like Every time there's a good review, I see it. That's that's a huge reward. Like the fact that I sell books at all, and it's not just my Fletcher's mum that's reading them, is like massive to me. And like I've received mail from people and tweets like who have like they were having a shitty time in hospital and they read my book and it picked them up. Like that is like that's so much more than anything. Like there are so many good things about being published any which way. Like yeah. whether it's or self or whatever it is, that I just as soon as it gets to money, like this is not the game to get into if you're like looking to make millions. Like it's it's not well unless game. you be a publisher because then you can do quite well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was my mistake. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think analysis paralysis stops a lot of people. And when I've done these, you know, self versus trad panels like in person in the past, 
you know, that's always sort of the deal. A lot of people, their questions when we get to the Q&A section, they lend themselves very much to trying to pave out this specific path one way or the other. They want a lot of absolutes. They want like a guarantee. And the fact is, is that you're not going to get it either way. Um, if you're, if you're in, if you're looking to get into this, you just have to hold your nose and jump. And my thing is, you know, don't, don't let the analysis of the process paralyze you. You know, if, mm -hmm. if, would you rather be someone who writes a ton and shells everything and for the rest of your life, no one ever sees it, or do you want to get it out there in some form? So it's judged because at the end of the day, that's the whole point, right? Is it, it's like, you know, say, oh, I want to get it out there to make money. No, no, no. Really, the only guarantee you're getting is you're putting it out there to be judged because then suddenly your readers are going to start weighing in. And, you know, I think I think you just need to pick a path and do it. And people have proven that you start with one isn't a guarantee. You start with the other one. It isn't a black mark. You can you can jump the fence multiple you can times. Fail yeah. <laughs> you can fail at both. Yeah, You can fail at both. You can succeed at both. You can fail at one and succeed at the other or, or none at all. Um, you know, I saw an interesting I don't know how true the stats are, but some somebody I, it was going through the Twitter stream talked about the statistics of how many books authors write before they stop, like how only 2% go on to do more than six books. Most people, they do two and they quit. And if you just look at all the writers out there, it's like, it's very highly weighted towards people who write just a couple books and then quit. So people who do eight or more are just in this like way upper 1%. And again, I don't know how true those stats were, but it, it rang pretty true to me. And it is a tough thing to keep going when, it be, and when it doesn't become like an immediate rocket ship to success. And let's face it, most of us can harken back to the thing that got us into writing and reading. Usually that name is somebody pretty big. That's, you know, usually when you talk about an inspiration or somebody that you, that you really looked up to or the book that you just devoured as a kid or a teenager, it's usually somebody pretty big. And so that's, that's in there. It's like, oh, I can become this. And then, you know, hopefully you do and maybe you do. And there's plenty of people that still do. But the, the vast majority do not. And that is just the reality of writing, as Jonathan was saying. Um, it's not even about money. It, it, it is, but it's more about just exposure and willpower to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, it's just I, I, my biggest biggest advice to people is just do something, whether you start querying or whether you start figuring out how to self-publish, do something because it's going to be better than doing nothing. That's true. One thing that I, I always try to point out, too, that I think it's forgotten is it's not that you you don't get to you don't choose between traditional publishing and indie publishing. What you choose to between is going through the process of trying to get trad published and indie publishing, right? It's a big difference. You don't say, well, I'm, I'm gonna be a trad author or I'm gonna be an indie author. It's not a choice between the two because the vast majority of people who want to get into trad and go through the whole query process and write up the letters and do all the stuff and even get agents, never see a book published. Um, there's a lot that that happens. I just wanted to say, I remember uh, when, um, when I first met Mike Fletcher a few years ago, four, four years ago, probably now, um, he was still for a long time, and, and I don't mind giving away your secrets, uh, for, for a long time, querying and really wanted to go the, continue to go the trad route and queried and queried and worked and, and went through kind of a dark, dark period there just, and finally got an agent who ended up not really doing anything. And I can't tell you, Mike, how good it felt when I saw a post that you put up 
just recently where you said that you finally just decided to embrace the self-pub thing just very recently, even though you had already self-pubbed the sequel, you weren't all up on the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, that that you're, I, you said, and I'm realizing I'm so much happier now. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, the most, uh, the last two books that I released, both were shopped by, you know, a, a well-known agent. Uh, publishers just weren't interested. Um, and like you said, there was sort of a dark period where I was like, fuck, like maybe I just suck. Maybe I can't write. Like it, it's entirely possible that I'm just abysmal at this, right? And but I was like, I, I never have not ever felt that. Yeah. I feel but, great all the time. <laughs> Leave it to Josiah. Yeah. I'd already written them and I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to put them out there and, you know, to hell with it. Uh, but I like cool covers. Uh, you know, I want to feel good about whatever it is I put out there. So I forked out the cash for cover art and stuff. And then they're selling. They're sweet covers. They're, yeah, I love them. I, I got really lucky with a with, with an artist. What? Yeah, Fletch, Fletch still owes me money for some blurbs I've given him for those indie trolls. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and, and all the, you know, 50 beta reads I've done for half of them. <laughs> Check us in the mail. <laughs> yeah. well, there's, there's also... You guys can comment on this too, of course. But um, there, when I was first getting into into indie, there was a real stigma to indie publishing um, that indie books are no good. They haven't gone through the gatekeepers. Um, there's absolutely zero, um, you know, quality level. Now it's true that if you get a book from a trad publisher, one of the big five or one of their subsidiaries, the book isn't going to be a shit heap, right? And it, it is true that some indie books are shit heaps. Um, so I'm just watching David's face. <laughs> and there are, and and even today, but that doesn't mean there aren't some indie books that stack right up with any of the trad books, you know. And in just the four years since I published my first book, there has been a sea change. Um, Editors, if you met them at a con, wouldn't talk to you back then. Uh, agents wouldn't even speak to you. They'd act like you don't exist. Trad uh, trad authors were like, eh, nice kid, you know. Um, but uh, in that short period of time, there has been an enormous, enormous change. And a lot of it, I think, has a lot to do with Mark Lawrence being an enormously successful and um, much loved um, traditional author who embraced indie early on. And then other authors, and this is going to sound weird, but I think that change happened far more quickly outside of the United States than it did here. And I think it still needs a long way to go here. Um, I have always had a much better relationship right off the bat with English authors and Canadian authors than with we're, just, we're so much more polite than you guys. <laughs> trad, trad authors. Oh, uh, sorry. Well, I gotta take a moment to just you know it, it's kind of funny because I have these great blurbs by these fantastic authors and not one of them are from the United States. These big trad, big trad I'm talking about. Um and I've given far more to trad authors then than English authors. 
and Canadian authors. But I think that's just because it started far more quickly over there. I mean, a lot of my best friends in the business are British and Canadian trad pub authors. Um, I do have some friends that are that are uh, in the United States, but I think there's still a lot. There's that 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 resistance hasn't come down as quickly um, to to embracing independent publishing, even though some of them are actually trying it now, like Michael or Brian McClellan. Uh, and he used to be one of the ones, I'll just say it, I don't think even if he's listening, which he never would. <laughs> uh, he, was one of those that, he, he was one of those that would trash the indies years ago. Um, and now he's self-publishing. So you can see there the, those changes happening quite a bit. Yeah, they, it, it, you're right, Dirk. It has changed. I mean, even you and I, when we were at DragonCon, ran into the tail end of it together a little bit, right? And, and oh, yeah. here I was straddling both fences at that point. Yeah. And I, I even I even admitted to you that I felt like I didn't have a place in either camp because I, yeah. I felt like that everyone in the self world was kind of like, oh, he's now thinks he's better than us, and then everyone in the in the trad world was just kind of like, where this, you know, where this guy come from? Yeah, but, but you Which are better. Than it has changed, thankfully, and it needed to change. What's What's interesting is at the end of the day, like it it. It, what I discovered, because I used to rage against agents and gatekeepers and all this stuff, and I discovered is that at the end of the day, it's all down to the individual. There's still going to be editors that look down on self that won't touch it. There's still going to be agents that look down on self and won't touch it. That, that won't change, just like readers. That's the one sort of like a confident thing I can say as an as a absolute. The one confident absolute I can say is as a self-pub author, you won't get the readers who won't read self-pub. That's it. But the thing is, is that do you need them? And time and time again, we've proven you don't, um, and you don't want them anyway. And so it's it's one of those things where, it, you know, it's weird that you mentioned that though. About it is strange, Dirk, and I don't I don't really have any evidence, but it's funny that you talked about the the British conundrum because Bastard sells five times better, full five times better in the UK than the US. Really? So, yes, that's interesting. That's interesting. Odd. That's really interesting. It's really strange. And I've, I've been trying to figure that out forever. Uh, and that's been since the beginning. I mean, it goes into reprints really quickly. And over here, it's just yeah. like, no, no clue. So I, I don't know. It is a, it is a funny thing, but. Eh. Different markets too. And yeah. you know, no, no, the path for any one indie to success, you ask any of them and they'll tell you a different method that they used. And what works for one and the and the other person does exactly the same thing doesn't work, right? So I I can I can almost see what the trad pubs are up against sometimes. You know, they get a lot of they get a lot of flack for not pushing a certain thing, but they might push all these books equally, but these ones do real well, and they have no freaking idea why. You know, yeah, they have like they no statistics to back it up. They don't push them equally. Yeah, well. No. I mean, say a certain group, <laughs> they push equally. They still yeah. don't. Yeah, and uh, kind of what you spoke to uh, about earlier, Dirk, is that uh, as I have noticed, I don't know if it's just since Spiffbo or what, but um, indie books have gotten better in quality, and that could be because people are actually pursuing editing and actually pursuing beta reading and making sure that readers that would read that type of book actually would enjoy it. Yep. And, I, and I think Spitho has helped that along in, in, a, in a way, but indie books have gotten way better in the past, I would say, at least five years. Oh, but right. definitely, definitely here in the past couple. It's, it's a lot to do with the stigma, 
I mean, look, if you have a book that you've been shopping around for five years that you know is good, you have like a lot of confidence in, it's, it's been like professionally edited and you feel great about it, but you're just hanging in there for that one agent to love it and then send it to the trad publisher and all of a sudden there's this contest, which seems to be in some way handing out brass rings to the publishing world, like the trad publishing world. If you win the contest, you have a good shot at getting like, you know, the, 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 the golden ticket. All of a sudden that seems like a viable option. And so it's, I think part of it is just like the people who have been hiding in the woodwork with their great books are being drawn out by a legitimate option for a, you know a trajectory for success and that's i hadn't, I hadn't even thought of it that way but yeah absolutely hmm. good, that, 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 was, that was it that's all i have <laughs> just i done for the day consider take the headset off and drop it um Okay, so we, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but, you know, traditionally published books require, um, or sorry, self-published books require a lot of self-promoting, but, you know, it, it, you know, it's not, it's, I guess it's worse than traditionally published as far as promoting your own books, because publishers, you hope, will push your book as much as possible, you know, and Jonathan was saying, you know, sometimes they need a six to nine month advance to try to get it out to everybody and then really start doing the PR stuff. Uh, but by a show of hands, who feels that they're terrible at self-promotion? I've got no kids shaking my money maker. You yeah. Know? yeah. And, I, and my next question is, is who's lying? And just uh, obviously. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't I don't like it, but I, I feel like you just put on a different hat, you know, and you yeah. just fake it. Like that's that's all it is. You just pretend like you like yourself and appreciate your work. You just you just yeah. pretend and then you go forth and say some nice things about it. And it and it sometimes works. I haven't tried that yet, but I'll give it I, I maybe I'll give it a shot. Just, just pretend you're your mother, you know, or somebody who likes you, whoever that would be. Just pretend you're them and your then, mother or somebody who likes you. I'm not like the right thing. I think we're a little iffy on but there's a consistency to self-promotion that's difficult. It's not hard to do it in flashes. Like you can get this brilliant idea, yeah. you know, like Josiah's cover reveal trailer for, for, you know, the fourth uh, Sinlin book. Like, you know, you can get like a brilliant idea and all oh, I'm going to do this and, and then you put it out there. But then if like you do that, I'm not saying he did this, but I've certainly done this. Then you don't do anything for four months. Like you do this, this cool self-promotion thing. And then four months later, you haven't done another one. Yeah. That's the hard part for me was my, my thing. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't run the marathon. I was really good at like, oh, here's a sprint and here's a great idea I had and I'm going to do that. But it can be, it can be, it can be drudgery, especially when you're working with ads, it can get to be drudgery. But in, not in a complaining way, in a grateful way. That's yes. sort of drudgery, you know? the drudgery. Yes. Huh. That's the drudgery that gets me up in the morning. Actually, you know what has really worked strangely for self-promotion is pretending to be other authors and claiming <laughs> that you wrote their books. Um, so I started, I started like with self-published, you know, authors like uh, you know people who you know no one had heard of, you know, as I was practicing, right? Uh, and been working my way up. And recently, I'm like, you know, I'm right. I write all of Dirk Ashton's books, Rob Hayes. <laughs> I'm seeing some faces here where I'm like, yeah, that's I might have written his books, <laughs> and uh, I'm. I'm thinking I'd like to, maybe I've written some of Mark Lawrence's books. I'd like to have written some of his stuff because uh, I think that could really help me. Well, so, unfortunately, I, I just, am Mark Lawrence. Little tip. Oh. <laughs> little known fact. 
I mean, yeah, and he's not lying. I mean, it's obviously been working. So I've seen a lot of people pick up, especially his more recent uh, novels, like, you know, uh, City of Sacrifice and stuff. So, uh, yeah, if you want to start being Mark Lawrence, I mean, he may have some things to say about that. But... I already wrote a st short story about him, and he didn't seem to mind. You know, I blamed him for a lot of things in it. But... <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> There's some libel in there, but you know, well, fair amount. It's actually mostly, yeah. But I mean, uh, Grimdark Magazine published it, and no one's. I uh, haven't been sued yet, although he won't talk to me anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, I guess what would you say are some myths uh, about indie publishing, and then maybe even some myths about traditional publishing? What? What? Say? Could you ask that again? Some yes. myths. Oh myths! Yeah. Oh myths! I'm southern. Sorry, guys. I'm, I, I don't sorry, pronounce them. I, I got it. <laughs> notice, notice, I had no problem. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought it being minty. I was like, "What's the mints about it?" Okay, myths. Okay, we got the mints meat about it. Hey, I grew up in Alabama. It's all right. Exactly. It's all right. The myths about, uh, you know, trad publishing, we've already like, talked about is how it's sort of, a, you know, once you come into the door, you have immediately ascended to the top of the tower. Um, uh, small little plug there. <laughs> uh, he is um, good at self-promotion. Oh, yeah. yeah. So tacky. Uh, you know, and we, we, we've talked about like some of the myths of, of self-publishing that just because you put it out there that it will be immediately sort of like appreciated. And I knew that when I self-published, I knew that like when you self-publish, you do have to really work to make it into something. But there's still that sense of like, I'm published now and I'll just see what happens. And whenever you say, I'll just see what happens, nothing happens mm -hmm. you you have to make things happen and so that, that myth of like if you if you put it out there a la the secret you know that something good will come back to you and there's just a ton of graveyards and and both trad and and, and self-publishing for people who felt that way mm -hmm. so you know the, the myth of like once you, you you cross the uh the starting gate there's some sort of uh, it, it is an accomplishment. It should be celebrated. You should like, you know, open a bottle of bubbly and, and, and feel good about yourself. But there's just a long way to go. If you build it, they will not come. They will not come. <laughs> they, they may no. even resent you for it. They, they may knock on the gate. No, I think <laughs> it's easier finding in YouTube comments. Right, right. They might come. They might <laughs> come. But probably it's a zoning violation. So. <laughs> they have to social distance if they come. They, they can't come if you don't build it. But yeah. It's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, and that's like what I, I always like remind myself is like failure is inevitable. You can either like experience it in small doses through your life, or you can save it all to the end on your deathbed. You're gonna fail. Like, where do you want to do it? Like, I want to do it like during a time in my life when I can still make up for it and correct it and you know do better. I don't want to be the guy on the deathbed like thrashing around and and grabbing at ghosts. You know, I want to be a, a a person who did something with my life. So yeah, this you're gonna you're gonna go out there, you're gonna make some mistakes, but it's all right. It's all right. He's gonna be the guy on the deathbed that somebody comes up to him right before like the last second, you're like, you failed, and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't do that. I mean I really <laughs> Nobody getting any bright ideas. <laughs> Josiah, I can't remember. Did you did you query Sun Sunland before you decided to self pub? No, no? I, I, from the start I was gonna self publish it. 
Like it was, and, and for the reasons I think we like we kind of covered, I knew it was going to be weird. I knew it was going to be hard to market. I didn't want to make any compromises. I didn't want to like you know have someone else decide the cover art. Uh, Michael saying that he just you know wants to be able to control those things that really jives with me because you know you know I wanted to have control over all those decisions. So that's like from the start, I knew it was going to self-publish. If I could go back in time and slap myself some, I might you know, but uh, yeah, that was the intent. I remember the, the first cover I got that my publisher sent to me and they were like, what do you think of the cover? And I was like, well, you know, like I wasn't quite thinking the hero would look quite like that and maybe like that. And they're like, this is your cover. What do you think of it? I was like, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's rhetorical. It's a rhetorical question. Yeah. Asked that. You like your cover, don't you? I, I, I guess I do. It's yeah, wonderful. It's Thank you so much. I, I do like it. Good. Now, Dirk, Dirk, what about you? Did you, did you query, um, your first book before uh, before cell phone, or did you just go directly into it? No, and you know I I I told this story. People are tired of hearing it, but I, I worked in the film business for a lot of years, um, and I wrote screenplays, and I acted, and I had an agent, and I I knew a lot of agents, uh, I knew a lot of screenwriters and published authors, um, I knew how the film business worked as far as agenting, agenting, and and um, all that kind of stuff. And I had been through that process and I had some luck with getting some scripts read, but um, uh, it, uh, it was, it, I was, I had done my columns and, uh, but my, my interest, uh, so I was definitely leaning toward the independent and I was seeing some really good books. I picked up some up and read some, a lot of them were not very good. And this research I was doing and remember, probably 2014 and 2015, right? I, I can't remember those years. That's a yeah. Long time. I, uh, but uh, it took me forever to write that first book. And I and I didn't know until, I mean, it took me like three and a half years. And it wasn't until the last couple months that I had decided that I wanted to try to publish it at all. Because um, I was just experimenting. I wanted to try something. I wanted to write a book that I wanted to read. Um, and I, I had some friends who have agents and have been published read the book and both of them said we really like this because it's bizarre um but if you go to try to query it they're either going to reject it outright or they're going to really like the core idea of it but they're going to they're going to want to change all the stuff that you've done that's strange um and uh and i thought about that a little bit and that was not why I wrote that book. You know, I didn't write that book to try to turn it into something more mainstream. Maybe I should have. Maybe it would have sold better. Maybe I would have gotten more attention with it. But I, I consider that I, my, that I've been extremely lucky to get the attention that I've got. I mean, just unbelievably lucky and hardworking. Well, I did work hard, but a lot of people do. Um, but. I've been extremely lucky and people are reading the book that I actually wanted to write. And some people are actually really liking it. So um, I have no regrets that I, that I went that route. Yeah, so, uh, so Fletch, I know, I know we kind of handed on it earlier. I mean, do you feel like you ever would try to go back traditional now that you've, uh, I guess, experienced kind of a better, I, yeah, a greener, a greener sure. pasture in, in indie. You know, for sure I would. I, I, I've got nothing against traditional. And if they 
drove a dump truck full of money and dead hooker parts mm-hmm. up to my house, I'd be like, done, I'm in. Yeah. You know, but the cool thing is now I have some idea of what I'm worth. Mm-hmm. Like now I know what I can make without them. And uh-huh. so they have to offer me something better than that, or what's the fucking point? Right. Like I can hire artists, I can I can put out great covers, I can put out shoddy stories, you know. Uh, we'll read them. I, I don't need an uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i would i would totally uh you know if if there was an offer that i that worked that you know was something where i went yeah i, I can't i'm not gonna make that on on my own I, i'd do that yeah i would too i mean i i am not dead set against trad by any means but the yeah. chances of us getting any of us getting an offer like that i mean and that's the other thing when when i was starting Agents and trad wouldn't touch, wouldn't come. They, in fact, you would be blacklisted for anything you ever wrote, right? And now, for, for a few years now, they've been actually actively going out and seeking um, uh, indie authors. I mean, I remember when you guys, Josiah and Jonathan, were like this awesome anomaly, right? Probably some of the first times those kinds of things happened um particularly in jonathan's case the way his worked out but now i know of 20 25 indie authors who have gotten agents and trad deals and they didn't go looking for them the agent or the or an editor came to talk to them well i feel like too like like q howie and wool and and the martian like there's kind of a a, yeah they were there's a a sea change that was sort of happening in 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 the, the sort of top echelon which helped bring us up a little bit i think yes but it's more limited that's the thing is that is the trad is so small which is a lot of a lot of people don't realize a lot most of the agents know each other most of the editors know each other it's a very small new york and london it's very small i see my fellow jonathan up there nodding but to just the reason i jump in to say that is because when you mentioned you know the 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 shift in the upper echelon the martian and gray bastards is the same editor so that's how small it is so when you realize that it's like oh it's it's kind of one guy (laughs) <laughs> who did who who was sort of that was his thing like i'm gonna go look for stuff yep. um, that that was already you know done and, and you know and he wasn't afraid of it and it was part of part of his you know you know uh, business practice and that's great i benefited from it greatly but it is amazing like it has happened but it, it, i don't know how widespread it is i think at the end of the day you still have to gain some attention whether it's because of spiffbo or whether it's because of something you do on your own or whatever the book has to be good i think that's sort of the that's sort of somebody has to like it, you know, whether yeah, it's it either, a huge reader well in SPFBO, and there are what maybe a half dozen, I think, have been plucked out of SPFBO now. Yeah. Um, some of them, their books aren't out yet. But uh, I also know another half dozen who have been, who are completely unknown. Nobody knows who they are, but they've made, they've sold hundreds of thousands, if not millions of copies of their books on Amazon and through KU, right? And they're starting to, the 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 trads are starting to, and agents are starting to look there too. So they get approached. And then I know a few of them who have taken the trad deals. And I know a few who have turned them down hmm. because like, like, like Michael said, they had to weigh what they could make doing this or doing that. And it was a few years ago, there's a big author who would, who would, I won't name him, but would, would say hybrid is great because you can open up this market of readers that you just can't touch as an indie. 
if you go trad. And it's true. There are people who buy books out of bookstores who won't ever buy an indie book off or get KU or read an indie or buy an indie book off Amazon. They just won't. Um, and you can get them and hopefully then also keep these other people. So hybrid was the way to go. Um, trad pub here, indie pub over here, a little bit back and forth. Um, but the deals have gotten harder and harder, especially since trads are insisting on audiobook rights and not paying any more for them. The they they it used to be that you could keep the audiobook rights and get an advance. Now they want to keep the audio rights, but it's the same advance. Um, so with that, that has changed the whole landscape too. So that that it's uh, that it's 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 made it harder. If you're, it's made it harder to make that decision to go hybrid if you're already making a specific amount of money in your indie trade and you're you're happy with your with life right um and that's what it's all about it's getting to a point where you're just comfortable with what you know you're doing and so few authors i think actually ever get to get to that point where they're like okay this is what i do i'm a writer at least for the foreseeable decade or whatever i'm going to be able to do this and make a living um and there are just so few people that are able that are actually able to do that indie or trap yeah yeah and you, and you were mentioning those who maybe haven't done smith Bow, but have been kind of plucked out you know evan winter is one uh with his rage of dragons like yep. you know i saw it on kindle or on on amazon like yep. daily every time i'd get on there and then all of a sudden boom orbit picks him up yep um, Duncan hamilton too yeah yeah he didn't publish his sure. uh his Wolf of the North. Nobody had ever heard of him, other than you know some folks on Reddit uh, or, or Evan. Some folks on Reddit. I don't even know if they knew him, but he was uh, Duncan was hugely, hugely popular. Great guy, by the way, hugely popular on Amazon, just killing it in the ranks and in the sales with that. Mm -hmm. And they came to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I haven't kept up a whole lot with like Kindle Unlimited and like maybe like how it pays out and if it's. Because at one point I saw that was like per page or per word or, you know, however many downloads you got or whatever. I now, mean, it's, it's per injury now. Like the, the reader has to like <laughs> cut a finger or fall down and then you get a nickel. Okay. I gotcha. Um, but I it mean, does that, does, that outweigh, does that outweigh, I guess, some of maybe the, the contracts that you guys have seen for a traditional? Like, it, are you, you know, would you be able to, you know, sustain, I guess, a decent monthly offering off of using KU and uh, you know, maybe just having some 99 cent dollar 99 sales here and there with your, well, thing I'll jump in real quick and say is, is to, as far as like the deals we're seeing, th there is no standard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, like if, if, if Michael and Jonathan and Josiah and I were crass enough to actually like sit down and all talk about our advances, they'd be all over the board. Mm -hmm. um, there's not like a set, thing. It can be crazy high and it can be like shockingly low. So it's really hard to say um, what, what that, how that measures up. So I don't think, I don't think you can even look at it in comparison. Like you, if you have to take it as Michael says on a personal basis where it's like, he knows what he's worth, but he's basing that on his self pub earnings, mm -hmm. what he can do on his own. Mm -hmm. um, trying to bring in like a kind of a standard level of like what you could get in a trad deal is next to impossible. 
because yeah. it's all about the clout your agent has. It's all about the clout that the agency with that, that agent within like there's the agent and then there's the agency. And sometimes like the agency has got way more pull that with one publisher than another. And then sometimes they've worked together and it's, so, I mean, yeah, it's all, it, it can be all. Awesome. It kind of goes back to them all being somewhat in a small bubble as far as publishers go. Yeah. And, and it's all about like what their budget for the year is and what they're trying. I mean, it's all very draconian and, and esoteric and who knows. And, and, you know, so it's negotiating. It's like buying a car. I mean, it's just like, you know. Who, who, oh God, that's the best analogy. It is like <laughs> buying a car. And I was terrible at buying a car. I walked in and everyone started like celebrating and passing out champagne flutes. Hey, they saw me from the doorway. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm great. Yeah. Uh, Dirk, uh, one, one more question for you. So, uh, I don't know if you're the first, but you're the first I've seen that's had, as an indie author, that's had a blurb on a big name book, you know, by tour books, you know, with uh, the unspoken name that came out. Yeah, that, um, but yeah, like, that, that is insane. Yeah, that still, so, that, that still blows me away <laughs> that, that that happened. I mean, and that's, see, that goes to tell you just how far things have come, right? Yeah. Because that would have just not that would have just never happened even a few years ago. Um yeah, that just that just amazed me. Um that that happened just by you know, people people seeing who I know and talk to, um, and then you know, just have happening to meet an editor, right, who thought, oh, I bet Dirk would really like this book. Maybe he'll like it. Maybe he'll say something. And she sent it to me, you know, so and I was blown away. I was like shocked when I saw the email that she wanted to send me an ARC. And uh, and um, and it ended up a blurb ended up on the ARC. And like, I think it's inside the front cover of the of the actual published book, too, or somewhere. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, that's the first time I've seen that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I have ever seen it before. So do you think that's maybe like a, I'm not going to say it's a tide coming in, but I mean, do you think that's going to slowly start becoming a thing where you have these well-known indie uh, authors that are starting to kind of get their name out there a little bit more with these traditionally published books? I mean, if they, the, the, I mean, the only real, real good reason to do it is if you think it will help bring eyes to the book. Um, if, if it looks like it is helping bring eyes to the book, then yeah, it's going to happen. It'll mm -hmm. definitely happen. I don't know how they would judge that, yeah. but, um, but, uh, but it, but it can, yeah. I mean, I, I say, especially on that cover, cause it's got a ton of blurbs on it. <laughs> at least, at least the ARC does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the ARC, they're all over the place, but yeah. even the, even the, uh, even the, the hardcover when it was released has some, has some good stuff on it. Absolutely. Uh, intangible benefits of being an author. One of my great pleasures is watching my friends become too successful for my blurbs. <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a first print blurb only reprints. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you've beaten me there because uh, I've seen I've seen a blurb of mine appear on Amazon, and that's it. Never on a book, never on the inside of a book, uh, never in an acknowledgement. <laughs> so, one day, one day, I'll might have, there, and then I'm going to retire. Have to change that, David. No, no. My, my uh, thing I, is I making. Is making artists famous 
See, I, I discover an artist that no one's used. They've never done a book before and they do my book. And when I call them to do the next book, I faint when they tell me what they cost now. Yeah. And they're doing tour covers. And I'm like, holy fuck. Well, yeah. He's done really well for himself. Yeah. I was like, going to ask you, uh, you know, what happens when he becomes. <laughs> and so it's like, I've, I've got a new artist I've discovered and I'm like, dude, you're terrible. You will never be famous. Don't do anybody else's cover. And I'm like telling all the authors I know, I'm like, he's such a pain in the ass to work with. He's so yeah. difficult. It's like, Slow. Find never somebody ever, else. Because I got to keep his price down. Because yeah. he's going to be huge next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and, and my in a happy Joel, I'm so sorry that Dirk and I did not say ARC. I always call it ARC, but I just I called it ARC because he did. So. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was wondering that, Mike, because, uh, you know, obviously, you know, and we, everybody knows who we're talking about, who does your covers, but, um, you know, he is phenomenal. And yes, he did, you know, start doing Anderson's covers for tour. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the one thing about it, man. As soon as you have a great artist doing book covers, they're going to get snatched up more than likely to do, especially, you know, for fantasy books and stuff. So yeah, my, my I, artists I, I, are yeah. way more successful than I am. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that artists should take as much money as people will give them. Yeah, absolutely. They, it, they should take it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that puts us out of the running, but it can. I mean, there's there's always going to be one more, right? You just have to you just have to weed them out. It's got to yeah. find them. Yep. So maybe, oh, maybe we should start doing like a book cover contest. Uh, maybe since we're doing Spiffbo, we can do. Uh, oh, artists oh. submit their, you know, book covers. I don't know. Yeah, a lot faster. <laughs> What's that? Visual, visual artists. Yeah. Visual artists seem to have a real problem with the whole like do this work for exposure thing. Mm -hmm. they, yeah, yeah, that's what writers do. Come on. Yeah, uh, writers never do that. That's hard <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, guys, we're getting close to uh, to our closing time, but I want everybody to take an opportunity to plug yourself and plug a book. It can be your latest release, upcoming release. It could be the first book in a series. I know everybody here has at least one book they want to talk about. I know Dirt just you know, had the hardcover edition of his first book come out. So if you want to take a second and grab a book, or I have some books behind me, at least one of each, mostly. So we'll let you start, Jonathan. Wood. Sorry. All right. <laughs> So I will be promoting The Dragon Lords Fool's Gold, book one of The Dragon Lords by someone called John Hollins. I like him. Hmm. Um, it's about dragons and heists and idiots and cursing. I love all those things. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Fletch? Oh, hey. Uh, so this is my most recent release. It's a... Uh, Amazon early copy because I haven't actually been bothered to buy any myself. Uh, Black Stoneheart, it's about a man who wakes up after having been dead for a long time. His obsidian heart has been shattered and littered about the world and it's basically a, a lovely travelogue as he wanders the world looking for the uh, pieces of his broken heart. With each piece he finds, he regains some small shard of who he used to be and he's a very nice, pleasant person because that's the kind of shit that I write. Mm, nice. Yeah. Mm, I don't, I don't read that. <laughs> I don't trust this guy. <laughs> it's puppies and hugs. And it's all about trying to help out your fellow man. 
unicorn oh. kissing. <laughs> unicorn kissing. <laughs> All right, Dirk, your turn. Or oh. Fletcher or Rob Hayes. I did a Kickstarter. Did these hardbacks. They're gorgeous. Um, they're signed. They're color. They have. Mine's up there somewhere. Character inside. And I'm going to do another Kickstarter for book two, and I'm going to do it for all of them. And you can still get this when I run the next Kickstarter. But the big thing is June 23rd, finally, book three. Ooh, hey. Ooh, hey. 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 And um, if, uh, if you want, then, you know, check it out. It's up for pre-order. The ebook is up for pre-order now. Finally getting that thing done. This thing is 80,000 words longer than book two was. Wow. 100,000 words longer than book one. So it's Ooh. a million words. <laughs> it's two. It's 237,000. Oh, that's all the words. Whoa. That's all of them. <laughs> you got me beat. Good job, Eric. <laughs> Killing me. Killing me. It can kill awesome. a small dog. <laughs> it will be. It's going to be big. It's going to be thick. Good night. Now, what? Right. It might just mean more garbage, but there's going to be a lot of it. All right. Josiah? This is a painting that's in my basement. <laughs> For $9.95, it can be yours. So, no. Serious increase only. Serious increase. No, Josiah. Bad Josiah. You know the name <laughs> of the, next, the, the fourth book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's called uh, The Fall of Babel. The conclusion yeah. of the tower, uh, no, the Books of Babel series. I, I, I know the name of my series pretty well. Uh, the first book is Sinless Sins. It's available wherever books are sold and also in some puddles and, and parks. So go looking. Uh, geocache yourself a copy of Sinless Sins today. There it is. There's the cover. Uh, $9.95. <laughs> Gorilla marketing. All right, Mr. Fritz. Well, you can, you can get Sinlin merch. You can get both Sinlinessons merch the and Bastard merch at Ooh. Ian Lino Designs, L-E-I-N-O, first name Ian, Ian Lino Designs, so that helps both Josiah and I out, so we'd appreciate that. Um, uh, as far as American readers go, you've never heard of this because no one's freaking buying it. Um, <laughs> British readers, you are, and I appreciate it, um, but um, Bastards 3 is going to hit next Ooh. year. Um, summer, so I, I don't have anything new to tell. What's it called? <laughs> Free bastards. Free bastards. Nice. That's yeah. a good title. Yeah. I thought it was just gonna go with bastards three. I was okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, they haven't changed it yet, and they haven't changed any of my others. So I, I assume that that's that's what's on the contract. So. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, uh, well, guys, I really appreciate you all taking the time to uh, to come chat about something that is always talked about but it's been a it's been a i guess enlightening chat somewhat depressing uh and, but but it's That's been awesome. flavor. yeah <laughs> but it's been awesome uh actually meeting you all virtually be a face instead of just podcasting at this point but uh just thank you all for taking the time out of the day to come chat and um yeah just uh let's what we may do this again at some point. We'll see how the world goes back to normal soonish. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, and, and thanks for everybody that's tuning in. And again, this will be available later on if anybody wants to go back and watch some clips. Uh, it'll be on this channel again. So thank you, David. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all have a good rest of your weekend.
Good to see you. Bye. I'll stay safe.